With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Teardown. <laughs> I'm already cracking myself up because we're watching ourselves do this live here at Talladega Super Speedway. We are doing this on YouTube live for the first time ever. Um, usually, like we will record it on Zoom when we're in separate rooms. And uh, this time, we we're trying it on YouTube. Uh, we're recording it in the podcast version, of course, but we can see like the live commenters, commenters who are watching us right here on the side. And uh, it'll probably throw me off because people are very funny, and uh, I, I already like your. <laughs> you your always comments. get scattered anyway, so this I is always just... get flustered. Yes, but here we are at Talladega. Um, they have nice big radio rooms here, so we're not having to like be completely in each other's space. Although it's a little bit too close for comfort. And uh, we have just watched the Talladega race, which played out. I mean, pretty much how everybody said it was going to, um, but the winner was not who I thought it was going to be. Or even it probably would have been Sorry. in my top uh, twenty picks. Maybe. It's weird because you go to a race, most almost every race, Cowbush is not. Cowbush is always in the discussion, or at least you know, like him winning isn't like oh, you know, it, it's realistic, right? And here you come to a super speedway and you're like, yeah, there's, there's probably, you know, I'd rather pick Stenhouse or Michael McDowell or there's a bunch of guys that you normally wouldn't pick. You pick them ahead of Kyle Busch. And this year, not only does Kyle win today, he was. He damn near won the Daytona 500 too. Right. I mean, it's he like, was leading at regulation. Yeah, and like I mean, he's it's. I don't know if he's a different driver. Or he's driving better cars in super speedways. Or the thing is, like, he gets a little bit of a bum rap because he's doesn't have. He hasn't won in a super speedway race since 2008. But it's not like he's horrible. Like he's been, he almost won Daytona a few times now. Like he, he's in the mix. It's just various reasons that hasn't gone his way. Yeah, I mean, to me, I just think of the super speedway racers as the people who like make some crazy daring bull sure. blocks. Right. And, and it feels like Kyle is, you know, especially, I mean, he even said it, you know, since 2015 when he comes to the super speedway, ever since he got injured, he just wants to walk out of here. Right. And so if you have that mentality, um, you're not going to make insane blocks. And even in this race today on the last lap, he said like, he, he sees them coming. Like he sees Bubba coming with a run mm -hmm. and, and Blaney, and he's like, well, I'm not going to try to. He's yeah. like, I'll just let them go by, and then we'll just deal with it down the backstretch and see if we can sort this all out. Um, he's a little bit more passive here than probably he normally is. I mean, Pat, you could say patient, uh, patient, patient, passive. Um, but I mean, but yes, but but you know, he's not the aggressive super speedway racer. He's not. He's not young anymore, right? And I think the older you get, you know, sort of the more mental chess you play with some of this stuff, and it always doesn't always work out that way because sometimes to win these races, you have to be that aggressive and you have to take that move. Um, sometimes it works out. I mean, it worked out this last spring for Ross Chastain too. The, the seas just parted. Mm -hmm. He didn't do anything special. No, he, he just held his, he literally just held his line yeah. and Jones moved up. And I mean, today Kyle Busch was, he, you know, Blaney and, and Bubba had left him in the dust. Yeah. He was pretty far back 
and you know, on the bottom lane and they got into it and he ends up winning caution. So, um, you know, sometimes (laughs) that's what it takes, uh, to get one back here, but it it is interesting too, especially when you think about RCR, right? Because you mentioned the Daytona 500, which that could have been an RCR win at a super speedway, and then the Daytona race last summer mm-hmm. was Austin Dillon win with Tyler Reddick one, two, pushing one, him. Two, yep. So an RCR again. So I think you know, we, for me at least, when we come to super speedways, I'm thinking Ford, 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 because they work so well together. Sure. Blaney's always in contention. Logano, Kozlowski, you're like, oh, Fords, you know, like they're so strong. Almirola, like there's so many good Ford drivers. Um, RCR is, uh, you know, kind of have to tweak that a little bit of how our thinking because they're they're doing pretty good. See, to me, I always think about them though. They're here. They they put a lot of, of emphasis. Well, they do. They put a lot of emphasis on this program. They 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 want to run well here. They see these, these opportunity races where other teams and this kind of goes to kind of the Kyle like there are a lot of drivers who come to super speedways and they're just like there's nothing I can do here. It's all luck. It's just circumstance. And there are other drivers and I would say that the drivers who tend to have success here, the Laganos, the Blaney's, the Hamlins, they embrace it. Like they don't I mean, yeah, there's a part of luck, but they also know that, hey, listen, you come here with the right mindset, uh, and it, it affects you. It can impact you a little bit. And I think RCR comes here with the mindset of this is an opportunity race for us. You know, the any disadvantages we may have on an intermediate track or wherever else, we don't have them here. We can run with these guys. We've got we build really good engines. We build fast race cars, and that traditionally has been our strong suit. And and Richard. This place means a lot to them for a lot of reasons. So, I, I mean, yes, I do think about them when they come here. You're right about all of the Ford drivers and everything, but I, I don't like to lose sight of the fact that they're they are pretty good here. And Austin Dillon is a really good super speedway racer. I mean, this yep. is a guy who's won Daytona before. He's usually in the mix at these things. It's, so, to me, for him, it's it's interesting. And the narrative is probably going to be, you know, you know, Kyle's now with RCR, and RCR, like, elevated him. and. Yeah, I mean, he's probably got better cars, maybe on a super speedway than, than Gibbs or their their level. But I just feel like this was more about to what we talked about. This is about circumstances and just putting yourself in the right position. And today, things broke his way. Well, it's interesting because Kyle Busch has, you know, lamented plenty of times in his career about wins that he should have had sure. that were taken away. And you know, it's not often where Kyle Busch sort of gets like one back where he can be like, ah, it probably wasn't the best. Really? Because Bristol Dirt comes to mind. Well, that that's true. That's a, a great point. Um, but, you know, there's probably, if, if you asked him, he would probably sure. name you like 30 races or something where he would have been <laughs> like, I should have won that one, that yeah, one, that one, that's... that one. Um, but, you know, it's interesting now because this is now the first time that he's won multiple races in, in a season in, in a couple years. Um, and now he's got a chance to win three races in a year, which, I mean, he's already got two through 10 races. Uh, with 26 to go, so he wins one more. Um, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, he's he's having a pretty successful run here. I thought it was interesting in the post-race press conference that we just came from. He was talking about he's worked harder this year than he has in the last four years because he feels like he owes it to Richard Childress Racing and that team that they took a chance on him. They decided he was not washed up. They embraced him coming there when he was having trouble finding a landing spot. I mean, it's it's... It's ironic, you know, I was thinking about it in this media center here this weekend. One year ago in this media center is mm-hmm. where Kyle mm-hmm. Busch was saying, I don't know, go ask Joe Gibbs, you know? This was the weekend where, for me, it became real that he could possibly leave Joe Gibbs. I, I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought ultimately it was going to 
they were going to ultimately sign a contract extension. But this is where the first time where the door opened for me from not just what he said, but other conversations that were had of like, this is not a, this is not a slam dunk. Like this is, this is a real, this could potentially happen. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about that and I mean, Dustin Long again, uh, for the second straight week, I'm calling him out for asking a great question in the post-race press conference, but you know, sort of like one of those situations where um, he was even talking about, Dustin was talking about last summer at Watkins Glen about Kyle was talking about how it's been so taxing on him and so hard. And if you were, even if one year ago, standing here in this media center, if, if we were going to say, Kyle Busch is going to end up leaving Joe Gibbs Racing, has a <laughs> trouble finding a new spot for a while, mm-hmm. ends up at Richard Childress Racing, and he immediately wins two races the following season by the time we get back here, like by the time we leave here tonight. He's got more wins than Joe Gibbs Racing has this year. I mean, yes. By, which, yeah. is, which is... Bell I, has one. Bell's got Kyle one. Kyle Busch has two. Yeah. No one else at Gibbs has any. They, they should have more. I mean, Denny will tell you that. Martin will tell you that. But they don't. And it's funny because the, the narrative for a while was... I broke this. You talk, We talked about this. Like, Kyle was having a hard time winning races. Like, it, he really hasn't... He hasn't had the same level of success. But... And to what you said about him, you know, putting in the time and the energy, like... He talked about it at Nashville last year um, in the offseason at the, the banquet where he felt like, he, he, you know, he talked about uh, Tom Brady and how he felt that like was kind of motivation. Like, he had something to prove. Like, mm-hmm. whether it's fair or not, and it's, he's, well, no one thought he was washed up. Like, you know, and he can believe, and I get that's a motivating thing or whatever, but he had something to prove. This was a driver who since 2000 had won, I think, four races, right? And he all of a sudden had been kind of pushed away at the team that he'd been with for 15 years didn't really feel welcome there they didn't necessarily they did they couldn't they just you know whatever reasons he, he wasn't going back there and there was not there's some doubt about where he was going to go and yeah I, I mean i can see why he put in like he felt like i want to stick it to you guys i want to show you that you made a big mistake like he was very hungry to do that and it's, sometimes i feel like we talk about and i'm guilty of this as anybody of feel like we talk about like Kyle Busch at like he's like 55 and he's not like he's still in the prime of his career at an age when a lot of drivers win championships and still like it's not he's there's, there's a lot left there and I just felt like that situation at JGR had run its course and I do feel like RCR was a new opportunity for him to have a new beginning and he is certainly taking advantage of it we talked about this preseason and we talked about it after Fontana but I think it's worth bringing up again there was sort of one of two ways Kyle Busch mm-hmm. could go this year, right? He could either get off to a really good start with them, be rejuvenated, be clicking again, find momentum, feel like this is my new home, everything's going great, or maybe things were not going to go well. It was going to, the pressure was going to continue to mount. They were going to have a poor start. It was going to be like, what's wrong? The he radio still can't transmissions win anywhere. were going to be biting. The, yeah, the, the, the jabs were going to be there. The he press would have conf- lost all his confidence. Yeah, like, any- but. It's going so far in the positive direction for him at this point. Let me say this. I I listen to a lot of Kyle Busch's radio. You do too. I honestly don't remember a radio transmission this year. There's been frustrating moments, but we He hasn't snapped at them. No. That's it. He hasn't snapped. He hasn't had like a meltdown or anything like that. There's been no. none of that. There's been they've had a couple bad races here and there, but there's been none of that. There's been no frustrating press conferences or media sessions. Like it's it's none of that. It's been all sunshine, roses and puppies. Well, I mean, he's still opinionated about things happening. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, absolutely. He'll, he'll have biting remarks about things happening in NASCAR or something. Yeah, but yeah. About his own team racing and stuff. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah. it's not uh, bitter Kyle or salty Kyle or yeah. any of those things for sure. Um, and, you know, I again, I, I go back to 
love him or hate him, I think Kyle Busch is very good for NASCAR. Um, he gets people talking. We've just gone off this whole thing of the star power and what's going on and how much emphasis they're putting on Chase Elliott coming back because the ratings have been down. If you get Kyle Busch relevant and winning and just frequently in the news and in the mix, um, people want to hear what he has to say. People want to know what's what's going on. And they like so. to hate him. Like, And that's good. Like, You need villains in sports. You need people to root against. And I was walking after the race was over. I went to the, the care center to, to talk to Bubba Wallace and loudly could hear a F Kyle Busch chant coming from the infield. Hmm. Like I'm walking really? through the old, the, the Xfinity garage, the old cup garage. You could loudly hear it. And I was coming from like the infield. And I believe it was the infield. And I could hear it as clear as day. F Kyle Busch, F Kyle Busch. Hmm. And I was like, wow. All right. That's, but that's good. Like you, you need people like that. You need people to play various roles. And he plays the villain very well. And I, and I think Kyle at times does a really good job of embracing it and playing into it. And I think, RCR is a perfect organization for that too because they don't they like wearing that black hat like that's kind of always been their thing they're kind of the the rogue organization they do it their own way they're not in the NASCAR's hub like everyone else is they're kind of out a little bit in welcome and that's just who they are and you couldn't really maybe play that up if you're Kyle Busch to the level maybe you wanted to at Joe Gibbs Racing and with a very family conscientious sponsor at M and M's. You can, he said it before, he said it himself, like, I can be himself. And now it's like, own it, man. Own it. Go full heel. So the live chat has a lot of opinions about this. Right. Um, first of all, people, uh, they, you know, they, they like the, uh, the salty Kyle. Um, people also like happy Kyle, of course. But, um, you know, also, you know, people enjoyed his, his 420 at 420 post the other day. That's <laughs> something you wouldn't have seen from the M&M's Kyle. Uh, obviously he has a, a weed sponsor of sorts. Um, not, not this week. He had a new sponsor. Yeah. That McLaren, grill. McLaren grill. Yeah, like when I, I saw mean, McLaren on their car, like I saw it, I'm like, what's going on here? Like, is this like a, cause McLaren does parts and pieces. There's a McLaren manufacturer. I'm like, and I was like, oh no, it's a grill. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not like, that McLaren. It made me do a double take. Um, so, you know, it's, it's interesting though, because, um, I, I, I think people will continue to talk about him, whether he's doing good or bad. Um, but again, the more either way, uh, the more he's in the news, the more where there's a reason for people to get fired up about him uh, one way or the other. Uh, I think it's a good thing. Now, this race. Uh, OK, so listen, <laughs> I'm here for this. Yesterday, the drivers were saying, look, it's going to be it's going to be like Daytona ish, like Atlanta ish. Um, it's going to be two by two. We're not going to be able to do much. We're going to be mostly saving fuel uh, until the final pit stop because we're all going to be stuck um, the, with this next gen car. Like you can't side draft, and because you can't side draft um, in that in that way, um, you know, in, in the same way as the old car, uh, you, you can't get runs. You're stuck, and unless everybody com kind of commits to a third lane and you get enough momentum. Um, you're just not going to be going anywhere. And so everybody's going to save fuel so that for the final pit stop, they don't have to take as much and it'll be a track position race. And that's pretty much how it went for a lot of it. Um, they tried to get a third lane a couple times. Um, and then finally with about what, 35, 30 laps to go 40 -ish, 40 after that yeah. final, uh, one of the final, not, not final caution for sure. Um, <laughs> one of the late cautions, uh, in the final stage, they finally started racing. They finally started like, okay, let's go here. But even then, so I asked like Brad Keselowski afterwards, like, so that, you know, the fact that you guys were able to get three wide, like, was that, could you have done that the whole time? Or 
was that just people getting desperate? And he said, neither. It was because the people on the bottom would start saving fuel and because they were everybody was going to be close. And so they would jam up the bottom mm. and then the top would start coming with a run. And then the people on the bottom would go, oh, we need to go again. So then they <laughs> would go again and then they would get out front and then they would start to save fuel again and back up and jam up the bottom. So even then, maybe it wasn't the true, but what, however it happened, Ultimately, here's what I think. I think it was a typical Talladega race. I do. Like, this was Talladega. Now, you could say, okay, yes, could they have raced more in the pack? Could they have, you know, certainly the old Super Speedway package, you could drop back, right? And, and you know, the you could, you could work your way up through the field, which is what everybody would like to see, the ability to make moves and slice and dice and all that stuff. But ultimately, when you take the broad picture of Talladega racing, it's a lot of riding in some form. Today it was two by two riding. We've seen single file riding a lot. And then a lot of times they crash at the end multiple times. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is Talladega. Like I, I wasn't, I wasn't like, Oh, this sucked. It was, it was just a normal Talladega to me. Totally normal. You recall that perfectly acceptable, perfectly acceptable. <laughs> That's what it is. It, I feel the same. I'm so glad you said this. I really don't want to have this argument with you. Oh, okay. Phew. Thank God. I am so happy. Um, <laughs> I was sitting there the whole race. I'm like, oh, God, we're going to have to argue about this. Because uh, I felt like the same thing. It was just like it didn't have the craziness. They didn't have the three wide racing throughout. And you can argue whether it's a good thing or not. But I'm, I was okay with this. It wasn't horrible. And you still could come back and make moves. And you could come up through the pack. And I mean, not really. but I mean, I, I saw some guys do it. And so... I was fine. I was fine with it, and the the third it would have been great if the third lane would have come in. And at one time, I thought it really was because Bubba Wallace moved up and caught it, and they pushed him all the way to the lead. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, here it is. And then he ditched them, and then that the, that lane uh, went uh, gone, gone. And like, they, I mean, he kicked them to the curb hard. And that and there was another at the end of the race. There was like a three or four lap stretch of three wide there, and then yeah, it just it was. You know, it was fine. But I've seen so many Talladega races like this before. Like, this wasn't, you know, you people have this imagination. There was an era of NASCAR recently where you could run three wide and make these crazy moves and guys coming from the back and everything. But that is kind of like the anomaly. There was a lot, there's a lot of Talladega that was what you saw today, which is you've got to get track position and you've got to run, you're running two wide. You really can't run three wide. And that's not much different. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, the the dilemma always is: does this race need to be five hundred miles? Then, if they're only if they're only going to get, we're only going to see the racing for Make the last thirty miles. laps. I mean, maybe maybe you do sort of a uh, a heat race format. Now, I'm I'm trying to be cautious because I really am. Um, you know, Dale Junior again this week on on his podcast. You know, is is talking about we need to stop like just constantly. He wasn't saying us, but. Everybody. Oh, no, he was talking about us. He was talking about you. But that's oh, okay. Cool. Just <laughs> everybody. It was you know, definitely not me. Everybody. Just the the flavor of the week changing. Uh, you know, what needs to be changed this time? What needs to be changed this time? Okay. Anyway, um, so you know, I, I could see where you know you could say, well, it doesn't need to be 500 miles. People mostly sat there and waited for something to happen. Um, you know, so in that sense, could you say, all right, we're going to do heat race format, like? you know, to set the field if, if track position is that important. But I don't really think, I think here's the thing too. The drivers are talking about, they had, they had a meeting with NASCAR on Saturday, mm-hmm. right? They do that every weekend. And no, I think once every three weeks or something. Every, no? I thought it was every, maybe. I right. don't know. Anyway, whatever, however they meet with him, the drivers came away with the impression of 
they said that NASCAR told them uh, Goodyear apparently was in the meeting, mm-hmm. and Goodyear said, "Hey, like we've got some options. We were we were being conservative, um, you know, the first year of the next gen car, and now we have some options for different compounds that could lead to more tire wear. You know, what we were talking about last week. Everybody was talking about with Martinsville and things like that. So, um, you know, that drivers are very encouraged about that. And then they were also encouraged by NASCAR saying, "Hey, we've we've." We're thinking of, of some things with rules packages that might work on short tracks and the regular speedways. Uh, so they were encouraged about that. And and I think it was Corey LaJoy who said, you kind of get the impression that super speedway racing right now is not their priority. It's not their top priority. Like that will come. They'll try to fix this package at some point. That is down the list. And Understandable. I can understand why, because they have bigger things to worry about right now. Like they've got bigger problems and you know, if if this racing was all single file and it was a train the entire that's day, the, that's the key. Then everybody would go, okay, like this is terrible. But I think the fact that it was two by two, like if you're a casual fan and you don't really know why they're two by two, and you know, then they end up going three wide at the end. Um, you know, it's fine. There, it looks fine. You you don't need to worry. Like it's it's there wasn't it's, anything it, grotesque yeah. about this race where grotesque. Where you're like, oh my goodness, they need to change this. It, you, again, this was like, two, remember in 2015, the spring race year? Uh, no, they, I never remember any okay. of the races that you But anyway, about. there have been moments of these, these races where they have ran single file and there's like no passing or it's really, really hard to pass. You're not even running too wide. You're running single file. If that would have been that, you're like, oh yeah, this would have, I think that would have compelled NASCAR to make this a higher priority. But because the racing isn't horrible, it's passable and there is enough, you know, with the draft and everything else and guys can run two by two at least. And there is some semblance of passing and excitement and all those things. Like are you're making a list of all of the things you need to fix. Hell yeah. Super speedway racing is going to fall to the bottom. Short tracks is probably number one. Maybe intermediate tracks is number two. I mean, you know, it's it, short tracks, intermediate road courses, uh, in some order. Um, the super speedway is going to be bottom because it this is fine. I mean, it's maybe you want it better, maybe you want something else, maybe you want the three wide craziness, big moves thing, but you can worry about that later. This isn't a glaring issue right now. Yeah, again, I mean, would would we like it to be how the the previous package was? Um, you know, sure, I, I would, but uh, you know, again, um, none of the cars got airborne today that's the big thing for me too is like um, when we talk about that package like we have to address like there was a time too that package created huge monster runs where these blocks were happening and guys were these massive wrecks cars were getting airborne the ryan newman wreck ryan I mean. newman wreck. i mean th- yes absolutely i mean there was i like speedway racing i'm not i i like it i really for a lot of reasons i like it but even me at a time there were there was a there was like a, a a problem where cars were getting airborne all of the time. It was like, this is too much. And now that that largely has been solved, and I know what happened in the Xfinity race, but that's that. Um, this this you don't see that with this, and that that's not a, as often, not as often, not as yeah. often. And so I, I think that's a, that's an encouraging thing. And then you 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 have to be very careful about how you tweak things here because you can go the other direction in a hurry with some very dire consequences. Well, and look, I mean. Um, the, the Larson Priest crash was really oh. scary. Super, Oof. super hard hit. The in car of Priest's oh. head. Um, that that was really like, wow. But then, you know, ultimately, like, I, I hope he's not going to have a concussion this week or something, but he walks away, right? You Larson. Walk away. Uh, boy, I mean, that, that, the side of his door did not look good at all. Like, and he said, uh, there was some, he's lucky he didn't 
have something fly in and, and hit him. I mean, the, he said his cockpit was a mess, things like that. Um, but thankfully, ultimately, Bird. he's okay. Yeah. Um, the one thing you don't want to happen is like a Blaine Perkins situation, which as as of now, I, uh, I don't think he's been released from the hospital. Nope. So, um, you know, you don't want these big, big, heavy cars tumbling. Um, you know, it's, it's not like a sprint car or a midget where, you know, you see flips all the time and, and, you know, they're light enough. Um, oh, okay. The, the chat right now, people are saying that per Bob, uh, Blaine has been released. There NASCAR just announced it. Uh, so see, are. this, this is perfect. Thanks. Live chat. Um, yeah, it's on Twitter. You guys see you guys. Are, I can't look at Twitter right now in the live chat on this YouTube thing that we're doing. The people listening to this and not watching us to have no idea what we're talking about, but, um, <laughs> By the way, so speaking of the live chat, one of the other comments I was almost, I almost can't look at the live chat during this because one person said, um, I feel like Jordan Bianchi's uh, cologne is something that costs like $300 or something. <laughs> I don't think you're wearing, wearing cologne. No, I'm definitely wearing cologne today. Oh, well, I don't smell anything. How much does your cologne cost? $300? I do not have $3 cologne. Okay. It's well, not cheap. Let's settled. just put it that way. It's not cheap though. No, it's not cheap. Okay. Just like the jacket. This is, yeah. Dude. You guys, Jordan's wearing these like really nice leather shoes today to match his boots. Oh, boots! boots? Yeah. Those are boots. These are boots. Yeah, leather boots. Okay, ankle boots. They only go up to your ankles. Yeah, but they're that's ankle fine. boots. Okay. Anyway, he's wearing this like fancy jacket, fancy boots, and who were we talking to today? And Ax Lejoy. I don't. I don't we, we were standing around talking to somebody. I accidentally, for a moment. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Stepped on your yeah you boot for a second. Like I didn't mean to, but I. Anyway. Um, yeah, somebody says he stepped on your shoes at Daytona, and so anyway, it, it happens. I am. I do not handle people stepping on my shoes well. Well, you immediately like recoiled. Like I, I recoiled, and I immediately look down and check and make sure I there are no scrapes, scuffs. He he brings fancy fancy clothes to a racetrack where people lean on tires and have all sorts of. But like, oh my gosh. You don't want to scuff up your shoes. No, I've never we're running any. down pit road after I, a race. I ran in these boots today to the care center and then back to pit road. And anyway, I also bring a, uh, a shoe polish kit with me. On the I... road. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So who, let's, the one thing we can't argue about that I don't think we see eye to eye on. Oh, good. Here it goes. Is uh, the Ross Chastain, Noah Gregson going for the lead moment. Yeah. So you think, well, think what's, a, what's your case? It's, it's a racing accident. Like, well, whose fault was it? I don't think there's anybody at fault. I think it's a circumstantial accident with a it was overtime, right? No, they they didn't do that in overtime. That was earlier. Was the there? Chastain uh, Gregson that one that was, was earlier. 
That was on a restart. Yeah, but that wasn't that was that would think that was way back, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. I, it was pretty late. That wasn't overtime. Uh, hang on. Am I am I crazy, guys? When did that happen? Hang on, this is look. this is another great thing for the chat. Yeah. Anyway, um, so, oh, see, we have okay. If the chat could weigh in as well, oh, you guys are saying, oh, you are saying first overtime. Oh okay. no, somebody's saying ten to go. It was late. So uh, somebody saying it was the thing that induced the overtime. Okay, so it was it was like okay. it was well, really late. I was wrong. It went shocking. <laughs> anyway, so, so because of so because of the circumstances, because it's a few laps to go, and because track position meant so much, it's going to be you. You needed to be aggressive in that situation, and you've also got a driver Noah Gregson who is very a rookie, inexperienced, not been in that position, and so if you're Chastain, you're looking at this going. No one wanted to be around him. Like they want to get by him, and there was a little bit of contact. His car went up, and from what I saw, it looked like he, I can. I'm surmising here. I'm kind of putting myself in Chastain's position. I could see where he's thinking. Like that 42 car sliding up the track, and as it continued to slide, that hole opens up. You're gonna go. It looked like the five was gonna go with him and push him, and then it looked like the 42 came down a little bit. And so, yeah, was Chastain aggressive there? Absolutely. Could he have maybe waited? Maybe. But if you back off in that situation, you're also you're on a restart. You're losing your momentum. You're falling, you know. So I don't want to say it's Chastain's fault or it's Gregson's fault. It was a racing situation on a restart where you, you've got to go for it in a race where track position was everything. I get where people are going to say, oh, it's Chastain's fault. But, again, the 42, there was contact. The 42 kind of goes up, and you're thinking, well, he's going to sl- keep going up. There's going to be a hole there. I'm going to fill it quick. And I'm going to take that spot. By the way, there. If he would have done that, if he would have been able to do it, he would have been side by side with the leader. Like, I just think it's a it's a racing accident to me. It's not a this fault, his fault. It's just this is how it is. So obviously, you know, there was that top. They were on the top line, right? Yep. Um, you had more Ford power on the bottom line with like what was it, Blaney, Almirola, Harvick on the bottom, and then you had um, Gregson, Chastain, Larson on the top. So. The top cars are pushing. They're kind of getting squirrely. I mean, he's Chastain is pushing as hard as he can. He's getting Gregson a little bit squirrely. So Gregson, for a moment, from what I feel like, you know, kind of goes up the track because he's getting such a hard push. And then Chastain immediately decides to go three wide through a gap that I don't think was going to be there. I don't think it was there. Um, so, and it wasn't like the Keselowski restart at Texas years ago where there was a gap with Gordon. Oh, it was a small hole. I think he think the hole was going to be bigger though, because the 42 is going to keep sliding up and it was that, that gap was going to widen. I I don't feel like Gregson like came down to try to block or something. I think Ross was just trying to stick it in there, but I think it was just too, that was a, that was in the early moments of the restart. I think it was too early at that point. Um, so I'm not saying like. Don't go for it, but I think like that the, was more on Ross than Noah, which is where we seem to disagree. Um, seems like a lot of people in the chat are. I mean, it almost seems like fifty-fifty. Um, people feel like you know Noah was coming down. Noah was trying to block. I, I don't think he, I don't think he was trying to block it. Ra- so it's a racing accident. Like that's what it is. Yeah, but Ross forced it. Forced the issue by trying to go three wide at that point. I've been a Ross defender. I'm just saying. You just like to blame Ross. No, I've been a I've been a Ross defender. Um, I just think at that moment, like the person, I guess I feel like there's not enough patience to make these moves late in these races. And it really comes down to patience again, like Kyle Busch today, let the other people kind of take themselves out. He ends up winning. I think back to the Denny Hamlin Daytona 500, where he sees a run coming, he lets everybody go by Mm -hmm. and he 
feels like okay there's enough time this was the that early was the moments of the restart Daytona 500 by the way yes there was the this is the early moments of a restart that's overtime mm-hmm. so there's two laps to go there's so at this point when this incident happens there's still like say 1.75 laps to go or something right mm-hmm. um whatever move you make at that point is not going to win the race it's not gonna be the winning route move but in a race where it's hard to pass and track positions everything like it's different 2020 when hamlin made that move in the back stretch of Daytona, like, and he got passed and repassed him going through turns three and, three and four. He he knew that, that that package allowed him to do that, and you were going to have an opportunity to do that. With this package and what we saw today, you weren't necessarily going to be able to recoup and get the, those, those spots back necessarily. So you have to change your mindset a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. Um, it's a racing accident. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I don't, I think that the, the Bubba Blaney thing uh, is along the same lines. So I don't view either of them as sort of like racing accidents. I think there was somebody that caught, it wasn't just like two people at the same time, coincidentally going for the same spot. The Bubba thing, for instance, right? Like Blaney's coming with the run and Bubba tries to block it. And then Blaney kind of drifts up, tries to block it again. And at, at, at that point, Blaney, like, like as Blaney said, and, and I think Bubba even agreed with you talking yeah, to the care talked, center, yeah. but Blaney Blaney was not a fault at all like he's he's there's trying nothing, to there's nothing you can do on that I and mean, he's just he could he said yeah Blaney said after race, I could either get on the brakes and then well, you're not going to do that at that point because he was going to get spun if he does that well yeah and you're not going to win there I mean so yeah in the Blaney situation I mean you're you're expressing was that a racing incident no, no it was I mean, Bubba's bu- fault yeah Bubba well Bubba owned it and I think and yeah, you when you throw three blocks and I counted them like you're and the last one was like up the track like that's that's on you. And, yeah. he, and he owned it. Like it's his credit. He owned it. Like he he didn't beat around okay, the bush. Okay, well, I'm glad you didn't say there's a ra- racing race. No, like Bob owned it. I mean, you have to. Like you can't. That's pretty clear cut. You 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 know, you get one block probably, maybe two sometimes. Um, but three, um, you you can't do it and it's tough. And you know, I, again, credit to Bubba for saying, "Hey, that's on me." Um, I do want to express thanks for again like the people that are watching this live stream, which is pretty amazing. Um, we even have like Danny B talks in the house and the iceberg in the house, um, two of the most prominent NASCAR YouTubers. So thank you guys for joining us along with everybody else. We have over 300 people watching this live. So That's cool. Um, thanks to all, all of you guys. Um, so listen, uh, you know, is, is this going to be, is this the racing that we're going to see going forward? Like, is this, you know, Daytona cutoff race, the other Atlanta Super Speedway race, the fall Talladega race, like every time we come, is this like, this is how the racing is for the foreseeable future? Two by two, most of the race, then at the end they race, do they go for it? Maybe. I mean, who knows, right? Like circumstances, we're going to have a a rain shower and turn one at Daytona? Well, no. I mean, mean, that's, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of kidding, but I'm serious. But my point is you don't know the circumstances and like at Daytona, I mean, we had this giant wreck, and then at the end of the race, we had like six cars on the racetrack. Yeah. So I, you don't know. Like, I just, I, you know, and the, and the thing is, is you make a tweak here or there, like hypothetically, right? You look at the Larson crash, and NASCAR is probably going to investigate that and determine whether or not they need to make any safety changes. And they're pretty proactive on that, right? They're very proactive on that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they, let's say they make a change. Like, we've seen it before. Like, you make one change, it's like a little domino effect, and the, the cars all of a sudden are differently. So, um, I, if there's no changes, yeah, and there's and the racing is largely the same, there's not a big crash that wipes, you know, a bunch of guys out, like, this is probably what you're going to see, but you don't know. 
So does that, I ask that because does that change how we look at sort of who can win these races, right? Like, does it make them less, any less of a wild card race than before? Like, uh, you know, for today, for instance, right? The first two stages, you didn't have a big one. You, in fact, until very late, most of the cars were still running. Mm-hmm. So you weren't like looking at, okay, well, this guy had half the field wreck and then he's going to be able to take advantage of the win and make the playoffs. I mean, you had, yes, you had Ricky Stenhouse Jr. win, you know, the Daytona 500. But since then, you know, Kyle Busch wins this. Kyle Busch already has a win. Like he's already one of the favorites. So that crosses one off of the wild card who could get into the playoffs thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't know. I, I'm just thinking out loud, but do we have to start looking at these races differently at all? Like in terms of maybe, you know, the Corey LaJoy's of the world are not going to be able to take advantage of them as much. I don't know. No, I mean, I still think there's going to be opportunities. I mean, like Michael McDowell, unfortunately for him, just had a tire issue today and was never a factor. Like you're going to see guys in the mix. Eric Almarola today was in the mix. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. was in the mix. You're still going to have those guys. In, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. won the Daytona 500. Like yeah. I, I still think that these are wild card races that opens up the playbook a little bit. Corey LaJoy at the end of this race today or towards the end of the race was making a run where it looked like he was – going to kind of put himself in the mix of a, I don't think he was going to win, but top 10, you know, like I, I still think it's going to be there. And so you're, you're still going to have an opportunity. And I still think the guys who come here with the proper mindset and have an understanding of how this works are still going to be rewarded more often than not. You look at the end of this race, the two guys that probably should have won this race, either Bubba Wallace or Ryan Blaney are very, very good in super speedways. And it just, you know, it didn't break their way. So what does Blaney have to do? What does Blaney have to do to win a race? <laughs> um, combination of things. One, luck. I mean, you just, you know, sometimes you just you have bad luck. Um, you know, two, you – I asked him that question at Daytona because the rap on him is he tends to start races really strong, leads a bunch of laps, wins some stages. Like, we won a lot of stages last year. People don't realize that. And – then as the race goes on, they fade. And I said, so why is that? He's like, I got to do a better job of kind of anticipating what's going to happen with the track and my car and trying to basically get ahead of a little bit. That's part of it. Um, you could, you know, he, is there communications? Is the communication with he and Jonathan Hafler to the level you need it to be? Is that relationship performing to the level you want it to be at? Since Jonathan took over that team, they have not won a points race. Um, so there, there's questions there. And let's not ignore the fact that – so Ryan didn't win a race last year, right? That Bad luck, right, largely. Like he could have won Daytona 500. He could have won Phoenix. Like there's a lot of races, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Um, he played a really good teammate a lot of times and good soldier. Um, but he had a great year. Statistically, his outside of wins, he and Joey Logano were very, very equal across the board. Going back – now we're going to this year – they, Penske hasn't we've talked about this Penske's cars haven't been the best like I, mean, I know Joey at least in the last really in the last month or so they started off pretty decent they've gone, gone the other direction they haven't had a lot of speed so yeah. you got to get speed in your race cars first and foremost and then you got to execute better I mean it's just one of those things I feel like really you just kind of got to ride it out and just get your cars better and if you kind of come out of this and no one doesn't think that Ryan Blaney isn't a good driver but I mean he's going to have to he has to be better he has to be better at the end of races. The team has to be better at the end of races. And you have to stop shooting yourself in the foot a little bit too. And then again, get fast race cars. Well, I, I think the the last part's key, right? Because in the situation that Blaney's in now, um, and, and really 
all the Fords. I mean, the Fords have to be perfect. They, they, the Fords, there's been 10 races this year. Ford has won one race. Um, Toyota's won two and Chevy's won seven. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you're looking at, if you're a Ford driver, I mean, you look at say like Ryan Priest last week, right? He's great at Martinsville, you know, leading the first part, wins the pole, makes a mistake, done. So, you know, if, if for the Fords are perfect and they have everything go their way, um, you know, they can win a race, but right now it doesn't feel like, like the Chevys, you know, have enough sort of leeway where maybe especially the Hendrick cars, especially yeah. the Hendrick cars where they have, they have enough speed in their race car. Speed overcomes everything. That is the greatest thing you can have in your arsenal when you make mistakes and they don't have it. Priest said this last week to me, he goes, for whatever reason, the Fords, when they get back in traffic, just can't, they, they struggle more with dirty air and that, that. There you go. And the Hendrick cars have been able to do that largely where they've had penalties or other issues and they've been able to drive through the field and it's, you know, speed is everything. Yeah. We're getting a lot more comments about your outfit. Um, somebody said that uh, you look like you were somebody that would buy jewelry in the movie Uncut Gems. Um, <laughs> what was the, one of the other ones here? Somebody said that uh, uh, you look like, what where was it? Oh, who is this strip club owner that Jeff is interviewing? <laughs> Oh, wow, that's 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 disrespectful. Uh, well, this is because the leather. Because I wear leather. People wear leather jackets all the time. Wow. Like, why is that a big deal? Like, okay, I'm we're sorry. not used to it here. We're not used to it. Classing he it didn't up like a little that bit. one. He didn't like that one. No, that's fine. Just, um. Anyway, you start dressing like a dad. I mean, folks. I mean, this is drip right here. Look at this. Wow, it's amazing. Good God. We didn't, I mean, look, we, I, I saw a lot of you in the comments asking for Biggie Bob to come on with his Biggie Wendy's bag. We don't, we don't have that kind of drip. I could go get him. I told Chasm. I don't think he still has the Biggie costume. <laughs> Probably not. I told Chasm to come in here. Well, he doesn't even know where we are. Nobody, nobody knows where we are. Anyway. I could um, text him. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So, I don't know. Do you want to talk more about this race? Do you want to talk about the Xfinity race? What do you want to do here? I mean, what else is there to talk about this race? Like, it's, you know, there's not much to... I feel like we've covered it all, right? Well, the Xfinity race was certainly a departure from... Oof. You know, the first stage of the Xfinity race was good. <laughs> it was really good. Um, but I don't know, man. Like, the the the, the wrecking... Oh, I, I never looked because I guess there was a bunch of... Uh, I guess I can't look because we're doing the live stream, but... I'm pretty sure I, I I don't know how it turned out, but late in this race, like around the time overtime started, this cup race was on pace to be shorter than the Xfinity race, despite being 200 miles longer. <laughs> like, wow, okay, yeah. Uh, there was a lot, a lot, a lot of torn up crap yesterday, mm -hmm. and even even the cars that had avoided all the melee and the mess oh, still get caught up in it on the last lap coming to the line, like Josh Williams, <laughs> people like that. I'm sure they were like, oh, we avoided all this craziness. And then, like, coming to the finish line, boom. Yeah, Garrett Smithley. Yeah, like, geez. Um, it's a typical, I don't know, this is Xfinity series on a super speed. We saw it at Atlanta. Yeah. Like, it's isn't, 
I don't know what else to say. This is what it is. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we saw the same. We the, at Atlanta, they crashed coming through the checkered flag. Like, and there was a big pileup with Parker Kligerman. And he had a hard hit. Like, this is the Xfinity series, and this is goes back though. They have a much different package where you could they. The first stage where they they're running three wide, they're making big moves. You could you saw guys coming, you know, up and back and everything. That's what I'm talking about. Like when you give, is, I mean, that's an up and coming series, right? The development series. You give drivers who are still figuring this out that kind of package, like that lends itself to race the the accidents that you saw. Well, I mean, it did produce a good storyline in in Jeb Burton winning because sure. Jordan Anderson. Last fall here, I mean, everybody that I'm sure you guys saw uh, the, the great um, interview that they did with Jordan Anderson uh, before the, the pre-race show. And you should find it online, if not, uh, just t- documenting sort of his his injuries and, um, you know, just, you know, he was airlifted out of here last time he was here. Right. And uh, with pretty severe burns and and. You know, to come back here as, as the winning team owner. He's one of the sports good guys, too. For sure. Like really for sure. good guys. Um, and, and picks up a win for Jordan Anderson racing in the Xfinity series. Uh, that's, you know, this track gives and takes and it's pretty crazy. You know, even, even Chastain the other day was talking or yesterday, I guess, um, was saying, you know, man, I, I I know I won this race last year, but I feel like I took something from this track and this track's going to get me back. Um, so (laughs) anyway, like it's, it's just, uh. This place is, is uh, you know, it may not really be on a actual burial ground. That, you know, the, the old myth was, as you, you know, I know you've done some reporting on that, but yeah. it still gives off that that vibe of weird, mysterious. There's a lot of, of weird occurrences that have happened here over the years. I mean, since How about, were... speaking of weird, we didn't talk about this, the Chase Briscoe thing. So he spins, he's carrying too much speed coming to <laughs> pit road. He spins, and then he is like doing donut like his his he's car stuck. bottoms out he's stuck on pit road he's doing donuts he said afterwards that he could see as he's doing the donuts he could see people the pit crew that was in that box taking out their cell phones and <laughs> videoing him as he's trying to get his car going again and he was like so embarrassed right like humiliated he goes two laps down fortunately for him he didn't go three laps down he's trying to get his one uh, his one lap back and then Logano does that crazy move, which Brilliant. I was like, "What is he doing?" Where he just stays in the middle. So smart. I, I mean, it was that could have been really bad. Sure. He forces the field to split him. Um, if, by the way, which would have been a completely reckless, everybody would have just destroyed him and slammed him. Um, well, physically, uh, if he if they'd if, been yeah. in a wreck, but Literally also, in, yeah. um, like if if he had been, you know, like if that had caught if that had been a bonehead move, he like kept the would, steady wheel, kept right in the middle, didn't move, and that and, and that, then he slid in and he got he got the the free pass instead of Briscoe. It was it was such a Oof. risk. But yeah, man, it was it, was it worked smart. Yeah, but so Briscoe ends up getting his laps back, and then at the end, um, he ends up finishing fourth. Yeah, he ends up getting all the way up there. He said. His hand hurt so much, the pins in his fingers from the surgery that he had, that he was screaming inside the car in pain. Um, he had a double splint on, one on top, one on bottom, and he was saying the one on top, for whatever reason, was hurting his hand so much. Um, gosh, that sounds so painful. I was like, I get a paper cut. I get a paper was... cut, and I'm like out of commission for a week. Yeah, I can't imagine having to deal with that and grip a steering wheel and try to focus and. Mm. No. Well, he said maybe one reason that he felt it more, he, he was just speculating that, 
you know, at Talladega, you have more time to ride around, think think about it. But because the finger pre-surgery hadn't bothered him at all, really. Mm-hmm. Um, but he he expressed some concern about Dover next week. I mean, that's going to be tough uh, if your finger is that excruciating. Yeah, and you've got to pull the wheel a lot. It's left hand. You have to pull the wheel a lot, so it's yeah. ouch. Well, hopefully he can kind of like have a week where it's not touched by anything yeah. and and it you know it has another week of healing right keeping but, immobilized Maybe yeah a that's, shot of whiskey or something pain, pain pills. Uh, he doesn't drink doesn't drink no chase prescott never drinks and so his wife was so disappointed because marissa his wife she was so looking forward to getting one of the videos of when you come out of surgery like when you see people get their wisdom <laughs> teeth out yeah. and he was going to be all loopy and he said that they the doctors didn't let her come back until he was almost fully recovered so she gets back there and he's like doing pretty good. I think he was slurring his words a little sure. bit, but he wasn't loopy. So she was so bummed that she missed because she had never seen him in a sort of inebriated state and she missed out on the drug-induced painkiller <laughs> state. So I have we've, the whole world has missed out on this great Chase Briscoe content of whatever that would have been. <laughs> we'll never know unless he gets another surgery, but we don't want that for you, Chase. Um, Ooh, that's got to be painful. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. That's, and you're right about Dover. I mean, that's that's going to be hard. That's yeah. the thing. I mean, Chase Elliott too. Like, I mean, that's a heavy braking track. I know he got through Martinsville, no problem, so he should be fine at Dover, but it's something to kind of keep in the back of your head. Like, that's going to be a physically demanding race. Yeah. Well, speaking of the Dover race, um, and I know we're sort of jumping around a little bit, but it was interesting to hear some of the drivers say that that is going to be sort of a bellwether, like, measuring stick of how good you actually are. Like, that is the race Hmm. that they think is going to be like, we'll see how good Hendrick really is. We'll see how good Trackhouse really is. We'll see how good... Gibbs or whoever mm-hmm. like if you show strength at Dover they feel like that is going to be a sign of your season I don't know interesting I think I think William Byron was the one that particularly said that like this is going to be and then Kyle Busch said it too uh in his post-race press conference like we really need to look at Dover so uh that will give us something to look for to, to watch at Dover um which, by the way, I think Dover race was pretty good last year, if I recall. I think so, yeah. I think it was pretty... Was that... Correct me if I'm wrong. Again, terrible memory. Did that race not get moved to Monday? Yes, it was a Monday race. And... But then... So nobody really got to watch it, but it was pretty decent. Like, people weren't yes. sure how the next gem was going to do there, but it was pretty yeah, it good. it was a good race. I uh, think. Chase Elliott won. It was his first win on an oval since 2020. And there... Denny Hamlin... Had some issues. Denny Hamlin's really fast, and then he got came from the back or so. They had an issue in pit road. They lost a tire. That's right, because Gabehart got suspended because Hamlin won with a suspended uh, backup crew chief at Chicago, uh, Charlotte. So he lost, had an issue in pit road, then came back, and then I think he got caught up in like a back marker spinning or something like that, and ended his day. I think. Yeah, I'm nodding like I know that. <laughs> now I'm gonna look. Wait, I know. Yeah, I, th- I remember it being a pretty. good I don't race. remember any of these things. But but the thing with Dover though is you have su- we have such a low bar. Oh well, I mean, there's been good Dover races in the past, like I think 2016 maybe. Yeah, well, but I mean, then they had a really bad. They had a really bad. Let's be more often than not, it's bad. Uh, Big Joe Wall is in here, and he said that he sent us the poll results, but I didn't see them. So. I did. Oh, what are they? I, th- I won again. So you're up seven to one. Correct. Okay. Well, great. You get to go first because um, I have no idea what this Talladega race is going to do. And I can't look up the past ones right now because we're doing the YouTube live stream. No, I'm good. You Uh, you have to pick and I'll... (laughs) You know what? Congratulations on your win, by the You actually... (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because (laughs) You did it to yourself. 
You did it to yourself. You and your stupid prices right crap, you screwed yourself. And because if you wouldn't have done that and you'd have played it normal and been fair about it, you would have won probably last week and I would have lost. But you want to do your things and then No, no, that wasn't last week I I won, so I went first and you instead of doing the prices right, you went way below me. All right. Maybe I think right. Yeah, uh, I don't remember. What anyway, um, I remember races. I don't. We've got. Oh, look, we've got people helping us in the chat. Oh yes, what guessing. Guess. So we've uh, 70, 62, 64. Russell Solberg says forty-two percent, but everybody else 70. has been higher. Like um, you know what? That's that's a great number. Sixty-four, sixty-seven. I was gonna. I was gonna. Seventy, seventy-five, seventy, seventy, sixty-nine. You know what? I'm gonna roll with the people. Looks like there's a lot of seventies over there. Let's go seventy percent. I don't know. I don't think people are going to say. Well, I don't know. People going to say it was that high. Six seventy nine. Uh, I was gonna sixty nine. Nice. Yep. Sixty nine. Nice. Okay. I'll go sixty six. Sixty six. I feel like it's going to be mid sixties. Yeah, I think you're right. Mid sixties. Sixty eight. Um, yeah. Now, okay. Russell for the record, Solberg again. Everybody who's saying seventy and sixty nine in this thing. Yeah. Please vote. Tell your friends to vote too for me. To vote for you, you would just want them to vote for whatever your outcome is. How would they? How would they know what the percentage is going to be before they vote? They vote. They don't know. If you vote, everybody votes yes. I'm going to win. Oh, I see what you're saying. It's not complicated, Jeff. So, um, now I and I want to address this if if you guys oh, don't geez. mind the side note, uh, because it is going to be a private poll behind <laughs> for just my Twitter followers, my current Twitter followers, because uh, I have taken my account up. Uh, private and i got a lot of questions about that so the one good thing is there's no chance of the poll being manipulated because there's no chance that anybody can buy votes the poll will be behind the paywall or not paywall (laughs) used to paywall for articles (laughs) behind the locked whatever twitter thing right um protected tweets um so that would be a positive i want to talk about that too because well that's what i was going to say um so people are wondering why i have had people Ask me on Twitter and in person tweet up today. Why do you protect your tweets? Okay, so we obviously we lost our blue check marks, right? And I've always wanted to. I've always wondered what would happen to the Twitter experience if you just took your tweets off uh, public, right? If you if you protected them, which you could not do when you were verified. If you did that when you're verified, you you automatically lose your verification. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that, so I'll keep my check mark. But once they took it away, I was like, well, let me try this. I got to tell you, it has been the most glorious like four days or whatever of doing this. It has been so nice because it reminds me of the Twitter experience I had when I first got on Twitter, like, you know, 2009, 2010, really 2000, all the way up to through 2013 or something. Um, you know, it, the, the amount of vitriol and like, you know, just nasty replies and over the top stuff, um, you know, I think the majority of the comments come from people who don't follow you. And then like mm-hmm. your stuff will get retweeted in their timeline and they'll just tee off on you. They don't even know who you are. They don't care. As somebody who wrote about the Chicago street course race this week on The Athletic. Yeah, I, my timeline was uh, a dumpster fire this week. And I, I would bet that a lot of those mentions, some of them are, but a lot of them are from people that don't follow you in the first place. But they saw your tweet retweeted or they found your tweet. They searched for Chicago or whatever and they want to go crazy. It's the same thing when you tweet about Bubba or anything else, right? Well, so it's been nice because I feel like it's been very civil and it's more of like the people who are on this chat, like it's it's the the debate kind of stuff. Um and in it's not as much of the name calling. I mean, you're still getting some of that, but now I can just boot them out of following me. 
Like I could just say block, unblock, and they are not following me anymore. They can't see my tweets. No, they don't have to be upset with me. I don't have to be upset with them. We just don't look at each other anymore. So it's been very nice. Um, now the problem is, of course, um, you know, when we write a story, like when I do my top five column, or when we tweet out this podcast link, um, I my tweets are only going out to the 200 whatever thousand people and they're not going out to the wider audience so I'm potentially limiting so my you're hurting me. What's that? Now I'm hurting, hurting you. Yeah. yeah. So uh Thanks. that you know that could be bad. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe at some point, you know, my bosses are like, "Hey, like your numbers are down or something and you need to change it." But if that happens, I'll just go back. It's fine. But uh you know, cuz I got to keep my job and everything. But um anyway, it's been very nice mental health wise just to not have to wade through uh rivers of sewage um of that's being spewed my way for just just every tweet you could just not look at the comments i need to look at the comments though because i feel like just it's just the same with these people right like you want to see what they're saying you want to see what they're saying about our podcast i agree i agree with that like or or here we go ignore the bad ones if you see it's good just why just, do i have to look at them all day though i have to look at them all day here's another oh this guy's saying shut the just, f up or you don't, whiny or don't let know. it impact you like i mean i well it's fine i don't normally but it's just, it's nice you to don't not see them at all let the comments impact you well what i'm saying is it's nice to not see them it's okay. nice i mean yeah some of them definitely impact me I'm, I'm only human um so anyway that's why i did it i don't know if i'll do it forever and i'm also approving people who are requesting. So um, like if you're listening to this and you weren't already following me, just put in the request. I'm not like keeping people out. I just don't want like the, and also I'm sure you've seen it on your tweets. Have you guys seen Rosie, the porn spam person who goes on or the version of her who goes on like every NASCAR person's tweet now and says whatever with like, you know, blurred out content. And then you have to block them and report them. Have you seen that? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, I don't have. I haven't heard from Rosie at all. That, that Rosie's is, that gone. Is a nice feature. Yes, she because she can't see my tweets, so she can't reply to my tweets. Um, so anyway, maybe you should become friends. <laughs> the with guy the- that said you were a strip club person said, "Don't talk about Jordan's employee like that." Wow. For Rosie, I was just saying, maybe you could become friends with Rosie and get her back on the moral compass. That you know, there's like a hundred Rosies. I went through my block list because I was unblocking everybody when I was starting the thing. There's like a hundred Rosies that I've blocked. Poor Rosie. Hey, Rosie. <laughs> She's not real, Jordan. You can't talk to her. It's like you talking to chat GPT or something. <laughs> anyway. Um, don't ruin this for me. <laughs> She's not real. You don't need to copy and paste with her. She's not a real, <laughs> She's not a real person. Works. Um, anyway. <laughs> Works. You've seen uh, Gosh, what else? I feel like we're all over the place now. This is this chat thing has been fun that we're doing on on YouTube, the live version of this, but it's so distracting I'm, because I'm, people are having such funny comments. And um, anyway, we're we're we've enjoyed all you all you listeners. And uh, gosh, yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else to talk about with this? Did we forget anything? To, can you guys put in the links if we forgot anything to talk about? We don't have our notes. Austin Dillon penalty this week. Yeah, Austin Dillon got uh, a penalty. As expected, too, Kyle Larson's car is going back to the uh, R&D Center for evaluation. So, Well, if you looked at the comments, they told us that like five minutes ago, but I'm, I'm fine. See, so you, you don't read the comments. No, so. I don't read the comments. <laughs> I'm being a professional reading. and not getting distracted. And yeah. I'm a squirrel. I'm not bald. People are saying I'm bald. I just shaved my head. Yes, I am bald. Yeah. Anyway, um, oh, Todd Gillen. We didn't talk about Todd Gillen. Another top 10 oh, in 
Not even his own car. No. Like a scraped together team. <laughs> Thrown together crew chief. Well, I mean, crew chief from the truck series. The only the only crew member he had with him is his spotter, if I have it right. Like, I just he's doing like wonders this year. Like it's it's amazing. Like he is doing a really, really great job of of a situation that is unfortunate. And he's just making the most of it. And good for him. And he's you know, who knows how free agency and silly season is going to go and what's going who's what rides are going to be open and what but like he is somebody if you're a team owner like you have to take notice of this of he what he's doing over there in his second year running well not getting swept up and stuff he had a you know martinsville he had a he finished like 28th he had a good run going there too like yeah and then he has cylinder go down yeah and so not his fault but he's putting together good runs every single week like he's somebody that you would think is probably not going to command like high dollar contracts. So if you're a, a team and you're trying to make a right move, like a money ball approach, like he's somebody you got to keep an eye on. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I guess we'll leave it there. Works for um, me. Neither of us are going to be in Dover. So no. it'll be a d- double. Uh, you you can bring back your talking head, uh, floating head. <laughs> I had to change my backdrop though. Yeah. I did, I did a national TV thing. Uh, oh, it, Excuse me, national TV. When you dress like this, you get on national TV, Jeff. What national TV? You didn't even tell me about Talk this. Talk to my agent. Um, so uh, I changed the backdrop so there'd be no more floating head. Well, are you going to tell us when when you're on national TV? It, it already aired. It really wasn't anything major. So, Well, thanks for telling us. All these people. <laughs> would you guys not have wanted to see Jordan on national TV? Were you wearing a biggie bag? Uh, no, Is that why wearing, you didn't tell us? I was us? wearing a suit. Oh, a suit. I'm okay. Biggie bag. All right. And I was wearing my uh, my power my power tie and my pink dress shirt. Okay. Well, congrats. <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> I know. But no Jor- floating head. <laughs> I'll leave it with this. In the comments, somebody says, <laughs> "Does Rosie like Jordan's cologne?" Probably. <laughs> She's smart. She would. Okay. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next time on the Teardown Theory.